superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Blasted. Blasted. (laughs) With guest host Susie Schuster. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I can't believe the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals. Jokic for three. Got it at the horn. Anthony Davis. Major two-time MVP. You know, you tip your hat to him. Earlier on the show, Yes Network Yankees broadcaster Michael Kay. ESPN NBA reporter Lisa Salters. Coming up, UCLA running backs coach Deshaun Foster. Basketball Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Susie Schuster. Yeah, we changed things around here on the Rich Eisen Show. Deshaun was supposed to be in at 10.20. He got here early. I said, bring this man out because I love Deshaun Foster. I covered him at UCLA and got to go visit you. Actually, I don't know if you remember, but when you were with the Carolina Panthers, I think I was doing a real sports piece or something, got to see you down there as well. And so happy to see you. How's, how's everything? I mean, again, people understand that, like, when I'm in the chair, I like to kind of go through the Rolodex and book the show out myself. But T.J. Jefferson said, I have an idea for you. Can Deshaun Foster come in? And I was over the moon because I like to see the kids that I cover in football go mm-hmm. on to become some of the most prolific running backs coaches that there are. So first of all, say hi to your mom for me. Right, I will. I'll because do that. his mom was always a practice. I got to know her really well. I'm really happy to hear that she is doing really well. And mm-hmm. how about you? How, how do you like it over at UCLA? You've been there for a couple of years now and your running backs seem to be, I don't know, prolific. Yeah, they're doing well. Um, I've been coaching since 2012. I did one year at Texas Tech in 2016 and been back at UCLA since, but my backs are doing well. we got four in the NFL right now, and uh, hopefully I can keep going. Why are you so good at this, Deshaun? Um, it's more of the kids. You know, they're, they're, they listen to the detail that they they take put into their game, and just I just try to give them little tips, and they run with it. There's got to be more than that, though. So <laughs> tell me about how you relate to them. What is it that you see in these kids, and how do you draw on your own experience to get these kids to perform as well as they do? I mean, a lot of it is how I'd like to be, how I wanted to be coached, I guess. You know, So I try to just lean on that a lot. Kids usually listen to people that have either done it. You know, I have a little experience in the running back field, so I'm just lucky that I have guys that listen, and, you know, we've, I've had four different type of guys and they've all listened in different ways and they've all been successful. So I'm just trying to just, just stay there, just be a guy that, that can, they can uh, what, lean on mm-hmm. certain times. You know, I've sat in that chair, so they just. Do you ever flex and get out your phone and say, well, oh, this is just me running in the Super Bowl for one of the longest <laughs> rushes in Super Bowl history. Like, oh, oh, this, that's just me, right? Oh, that guy running, that's me. Do you ever do that? No, nah, there's a couple of pictures of me in the building, so I might walk by and tell them that that's me. Are there you any know. pictures of me in the building? There's no? not, but we can fix that. Can we you can fix that? that? We can change that. Come on. I mean, you that. and I were together, I mean, five days a week back in those days. Yeah. That that was that was the uh, Corey Poss, mm-hmm. Brian Poli-Dixon, yep. 
Fab Five, Freddie Mitchell. And, you know, I used to take the guys for a ride home all the time after the Rose Bowl. I had no idea that it was a violation. I'm like, oh, I'll give you a ride home. You don't want to take the bus? (laughs) Freddie would, I mean, Freddie would just hop in the front seat. I'm like, sure, I'll take you back to Westwood. No idea that was a violation. We we, we ran uh, loose and fast back then, right? We had fun. It was really fun. It was a good time. And so what, what's your what's your best memory from UCLA and from then? I mean, because let's face it, that was, you know, uh, there there were starts and stops then. But you were you were fantastic. You were a beast for UCLA. Um, I guess I would say the Rose Bowl, you know, being able to play in the Rose Bowl, being Pac-12 champs that year, playing in the Rose Bowl. We didn't actually get the victory, but just the experience of being able to say that I played in the Rose Bowl. UCLA. So what's it like being back there now as a coach? Watch, you know, walking into those same hallways, mm-hmm. walking to that same practice field and going to the Rose Bowl. What's it like for you to, to now be in that seat developing these talents? It's, um, it's surreal, you know, just being back. The school's changed a lot. You know, we have a, our own Wasserman building, our own football facility. So it's just, um, it's just cool, you know, just to be there to see I just like giving back to the school, basically. I want to give back to running backs, give back to the school, you know, make things right, go from there. We're doing that. My backs are playing well. Um, I like working with Chip. You know, we have a good team. I'm excited about these backs I have this year. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, I'm blessed. Right. I, I just try to just take it in each day. Let's talk about the four backs that you have sent to the NFL. It's hard to pick out one who's your favorite or you think is the most talented because those are your kids, but who is your favorite and who's the most talented? Oh, they'll, they'll kill me if I say that. Oh, <laughs> come on. It's just, just you and me. There's no one watching. There's it's just no... us and the Roku channel. I mean, they'll I'm just saying. Me. They all bring something different to the table. You know, um, my first back was Josh Kelly. He's with the Chargers. Um, Josh is relentless. He was an ex-walk-on. You know, he earned a scholarship. He just imposed his will on us and, you know, and got the, got the job and got the position and ran with it. So Josh was a different different type of kid, just the way he played football. The next was Demetri Felton, a smaller back. Um, he's playing slot and running back for the, for the Cleveland Browns. But he's another guy that, you know, just tough. And that's one thing that all four of them have had is that they're tough kids. You know, they can be in certain situations and have high football intelligence, you know, but um, – Next one after that was Britton Brown. He's with the Raiders. He was a portal transfer from Duke. So I got him for two years and, you know, just the, the way he ran. He's from Atlanta, physical runner. I always said he was running like he was screaming. <laughs> that's, that's, but uh, that was Britton Brown. And then this year is Zach Charbonnet. He just got drafted to Seattle. And um, Zach's a, just a really talented kid. And Pete Carroll will develop him because he loves to work. That's what he respects so much. So what do you think Pete saw in him in particular? Just the fact that he took a brilliant lets me know that it had to be something special. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't. <laughs> it just right. wasn't just some, oh, let's get this guy. But I'm excited for Zach. You know, um, they're going to run the ball. You know, they got to protect uh, Gino. They're going to run the ball this year. They're going to use two backs and. You know, he's going to get in there and be successful. So I'm excited to see what happens. And it looks like Josh might get some more opportunity this year with Austin Eckler, right? Don't yes, you think? he should. Um, his role has increased each year, you know, so I'm, I'm excited for him. This is, what, four, year four or five right now. So I'm excited for Josh, too. You stay in touch with any of the guys that you played with at UCLA? Yeah, still talk to Freddie, Poli, uh, Jermaine, Corey, just all the normal, the Cade, you know, so all the guys we played with most of the Marcus Anderson on defense, Ricky, 
Freddie's staying out of trouble. Do I have to call him up and give him a piece of my mind? Yeah, maybe give him just a call, maybe. Yeah, I have a feeling. Do you want to be a coach in the NFL? Yeah, mm-hmm. eventually. It's just hard, like, giving my commitment to the guys that I've had, it's hard for me to break that promise and just take off on them, you know? So I got to wait till it's the right opportunity to, to really do that. Have there been feelers? Are you getting phone calls already? Yeah, I've, I've, I, every year. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel. Anybody that's been really tempting for you? <laughs> there was a couple this year that were tempting. Mm-hmm. Really tempting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were they somewhere where there was really good barbecue on the East Coast? I mean, where what are we talking here? Um, <laughs> maybe a little Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Maybe L.A. Really? Yeah, there was a lot. That'd be nice. You could still see your mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would it take to, to make it sweet enough that you would go? Just timing, really. It was just timing of it all. And what about head coach? Do you That's, see yourself calling? Yeah, eventually. Like, you can't just be in this business and not want to keep elevating. You want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most challenging thing about coaching versus playing? Playing is easy. That's not a – coaching is there's a teaching aspect in there. So can you teach guys? Can you figure out how he learns? Because everybody doesn't learn the same. You know what I mean? And then, like, the number one thing is, like, a lot of guys can play football, but can you teach somebody how to play football? Do you understand the ins and outs of what's going on? You can't just, like, for me, I can't just teach them running back. They got to know what the offense is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just, um, we're teachers, basically. You know, you got to get in there and really teach somebody. It's not just get the ball and run, you know. Deshaun Foster joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen. Yeah, I mean, there's something about that motivation for a younger athlete. And we have seen college football change so dramatically since you and I were together at UCLA. The NIL has changed so much. The transfer portal has changed so much. How do you see, let's start with transfer portal as a coach. How have you seen that affect how your players um, react, play, have loyalties, et cetera? It's actually getting them ready for the NFL because there's new players coming daily. So you can't be complacent. You can't understand. You got to know that you're actually competing against people that aren't in this room right now. So that's kind of how I let my guys know, like your competition might not be here right now, but that's like the NFL. So just get used to that. And as long as you keep performing, you'll be fine. But it's helped us out a lot. I've gotten two backs out of the portal. They've helped us. They've been great. They've both gone to the NFL. So, you know, we, we kind of, do a pretty good job on how who we pick and just to see if they can really mesh with the type of team that we have, and we've done a good job with it so far. So you think the portal's good for college football? I mean, it's what college football is right now, so I'm going to use it. Okay. How about the NIL? What's your reaction to these players cashing in now and, and getting some money on their names, image, and likeness? I mean, it's you should be able to cash in on your name, image, and likeness, mm-hmm. you know? But let's just make sure that we're teaching them financial literacy and let's get them prepared for, you know, they got to file taxes now. There's different stuff that has to happen. So let's just make sure that they're prepared for that. And and I don't want to take, let's not take the, the want to out of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the younger you get, the more you might not want to play because he has this. So let's just make sure we keep that in perspective. Well, that's it. I mean, there's that idea that you have to play and put in the downs in order to cash in and to get 
the reward on the other end. And some of these kids, are, as you said, are getting exposed to money in a way they never were before. And by the way, the government takes money out of your pocket. <laughs> and that is something that you have to be responsible for. And I wonder you know, how this changes a relationship that a coach could have with his players when you know that a kid is making a lot of money. And do they listen to you the same way? I'm lucky that I haven't experienced anything like that yet. You know, so just like I said, we've done a good job with the kids that we've picked and they're working out for us. They come and play well and, and able to go to the NFL. So, but I know it's, it's, that's just like you said, it's out there and it's a tough situation, but you know, you just gotta, you gotta find a way to, to balance it. Do you enjoy the recruiting side of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that like when you go into the houses and, and, and talking things out? Are you as competitive recruiting as you were playing? Yeah. Cause you you know exactly who you lost to. So that's the that's the part about it that's competitive. Because, I mean, that's really what it was like at UCLA was watching you compete and watching you because you were always, here's a real shocker for all of you listening and watching, you didn't say a whole lot. You weren't <laughs> one of those guys that was going to be mouthy like Freddie. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't get out there and say things before you played. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder what that is like for you in terms of how that translates to coaching and recruiting. Yeah. A little more talking. <laughs> you got to get out in front of it a little bit, but um, I just lean on that I've done this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you follow this, this is what could happen for you. Deshaun Foster here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm so curious about your thoughts on a, on a coach like Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, Deion is really shaking up college football, mm-hmm. and I'm here for every single second of it. What's your reaction to watching what Deion is doing in Colorado? It's great. He's uh, bringing attention to Colorado, getting them players, getting the exposure that they want. Um, he's another another coach that can coach off experience. I've played this. I've done this. You know, so – and him being a head coach, it's just going to help other athletes become head coaches. So mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. I'm, I'm here for it. It's, I'm, I'm all about competition. So anything that's going to elevate competition and ball, I'm for it. What I really like about how he's coaching over there is he is very much a disciplinarian, but he's a player's coach, mm-hmm. right? He's not there for everybody else. He's there to support his guys. And we all know how Dion is. It's mm-hmm. his way or the highway. But I think that... It'll be interesting to see how his style of coaching affects the rest of college football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you have, a, in your coach, a very different approach. You've got an older school style coach. Yeah. So how do you interject your style with someone who already has an established style of coaching? You just got to kind of stay in your lane. You can't be something that you're not, you know, kids will see through that. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just, you got to stay in your lane and and go from there, really. But it's not. I just like what Dion's bringing to the table and bringing to the pack this year. So I'm excited. I'm glad we get to play him in L.A. No I kidding. Want, I didn't want to go out there. I know, right? I think we'll we'll get tickets for that ahead of time. TJ, you want to go? Oh, you know this. You and I will go together. Let's do it. It'll be sweet. <laughs> we'll, we'll hook that one up, right? I'll, I'll give some I know players. some people. You know some people. We, 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 we know a person who knows a person, right? I know a guy who knows a guy. I think you're right. Um, who should we look for at UCLA now? This is in my running back room. Mm. I have a, a returning player, uh, TJ Harden from Inglewood. Oh, that name he right played, there alone. He played the last two games. Then I also have um, Carson Steele. He's a grad. I mean, he's a portal transfer from undergrad transfer from uh, Ball State. Mm-hmm. He had fifteen hundred yards last year and seventeen touchdowns. So, 
And he looks like Thor. You guys should look this guy up. He's a get on to Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really excited about this guy though. Do you ever want to like drive across town and poach anybody? Do you ever just add it that <laughs> old fashioned like go over to the Trojans and think, hey, I could, I could work with you. They've had a couple of kids come to their senses and come on over. Mm. So it's mm. a, they, they, you know, they went from the dark side and came. It was kind of like <laughs> it was kind of like Star Wars a little bit. Well, you know, that's exactly right. I mean, you have to work some Jedi mind tricks and try to let them know. I always tell my, I always tell my kids, and you should try this out. Don't you know it's like you can either fall to the dark side, or you can follow me to the light. No Ewoks involved, right? There it is. Um, who was the running back when you were playing that you wanted to be most like? Uh, Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now he's. I, I know. I know a guy. Yeah. I know a guy. I know a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what about coach? Who's the running backs coach, or who's the coach that you had that meant the most to you? So, okay, my high school coach. You know, well, let's 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 go back. Pops was my first coach. You know, he he started all the discipline and everything for being in the military and everything. So, got that from him. And my high school coach. I was just glad that he transferred into the school, came, put us in the weight room, and you know, just got us lifting and really just trying to be a team. Um, and he loves to play both ways, so you can be an athlete. Um, when I got to college, I had Kelly Skipper. That was really my man. He taught me a lot of ball and how to play and understand football at that point. Then I went to the NFL and I got drafted to to Panthers and Kelly's dad was my coach, Jim Skipper. That's right. Yeah. So I was still in the family getting the same coaching. That was great. And then um, once I started coaching, I was under a man named Kennedy Palomalo. And uh, he coached Reggie and everybody across town. Was he choice? Yes. Uncle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I got a lot of my a lot of the stuff and my terminology is from Coach Palomalo. But those four people, those are the coaches that have really made a good imprint on me. Before we let you go, Deshaun Foster, what do you think? How many years are we going to see you around college football? If you were to guess, like if you were to structure this, and if you were going to, you know, have like a perfect tract, what do you think? How long before we see you in the National Football League? I don't want to like jinx it and put, you know what I'm saying? I might put like eight years out there and then, but there's not a time. It's just the perfect situation. It's just timing. You know, it's, it's going to be tough for me to leave UCLA knowing that that's my school and the success I'm having with my running backs and everything. But you know, it's, 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 it's in the near future. You still have your old sweatshirt. So they still fit. Yeah. You kind of look actually the just exact one. same. I mean, just here or take it's shaped different. Mm, whatever, <laughs> whatever. No, when I you're mean, older, it's, it's, it's different. It's like yesterday. It's kind of funny. It's All great. Right. To, I'm so happy to see you. I don't have any you. hair on my head, but I have it on my face now. Well, but I mean, I'm married to a man who's suffering from that, so it's not like it's going to bother me at all. You know what I mean? I ha- yeah, and Chris across the room is hey, not exactly. Deshaun, uh, real quick, where's your touchdown ball from the Super Bowl? You got that? Yeah, I got that. That was. Well, we- my my mom, my parents have it at their house. Oh, that makes sense. But I have it. Okay. Yeah. What was it like playing in that game? And what do you remember from that Sunday? Even though you, were I just knew I was going to be Sports end. Illustrated. That was the cover, <laughs> right there. I just knew it. If we win this game, I'm gonna. But it was a. Uh, that's Janet Jackson. That's the Janet Jackson mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, um, it was a good game. We really couldn't move the ball in the first half. We got in the second half, kind of went two minute, kind of did our tempo, and that's how we ran up all the points. But you know, Patriots are a good team. I was upset at that time, but I can't be upset that that dynasty beat us. 
You know we're both Patriots fans, right? It's, I'm so most sorry people are. for you. Uh, it's okay, one. though. Yeah. It's, I'm not going to hold it against you. Thank you. I won't. Deshaun, you once had a 301-yard game with four touchdowns against Washington. What was that like? Um, So Jerry Neuheisel's on staff. His dad was the coach. Oh, you're kidding. I have no idea. Jerry's a receiver coach. So I see Rick all the time. Rick's like, you better thank me for getting you drafted. Every time I see him, that's the first thing he says to me. But it was just, I was just on that game. It was just a, you know. It was just another game I was just on. Why do you always like that dark visor? Technically, you can look around and they can't see where your eyes are. That's mm-hmm. the real, you know, but it's also cool. You just like it's, the look it's, of it. It's, it's kind of sweet. You just walk around. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's a... Also, Susie, Carson still, he does look like Thor. He does confirm. And he has a pet alligator. Well, so, who doesn't, wait, TJ? Listen. Who doesn't have a pet alligator? No, thank yes. you. Has he brought it around? No, it's still in Indiana. How does a gator get to Indiana? Right? <laughs> Apparently, it was a Carefully. Christmas gift. Carefully. Wow. It was, dad, right? it was a gift. That, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny. You brought up Marshall. Marshall always says that when he played... The game would slow down, and it was like everything got really slow, and he could kind of look very matrixy mm-hmm. at the field. What was it like for you? Well, he was moving at a way faster pace than I was, but it was similar to that. It was. Mm-hmm. So walk us through it. What was that like? You just get in the zone, really, and just stuff is moving. It's moving fast, but it's still in a controlled manner, you know? it's not. You're not really reacting to stuff anymore. You're kind of anticipating it happening. So you're just getting that. A, like we were saying earlier, you kind of turn into a Jedi, I guess. Kind of see it before it happens. You miss playing? Um, not. Re- I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you don't miss getting hit. That's the part. <laughs> that part. <laughs> great, great I don't miss camp. that. Yeah, I don't miss the preparation. Because that. that was it, TJ. I mean, you know, Deshaun, you were always big, like you mm-hmm. for a back, like you, you know, you were solid and you could take it. But that's a lot of abuse, Chris, as you know. I mean, oh, yeah. a, a bag. So Marshall always says that he was fast because he didn't like getting hit. <laughs> that's got to get away from these guys. Right. You just don't want to get hit. No. Yeah, Deshaun, real quick, you mentioned the Super Bowl and it was the Janet Jackson halftime. Did you guys know what was going on? Did you hear about any of that? Nothing. Nothing at when all. When did you find out? After the game. And I think once I saw it on TV. I don't think anybody told me about it until you saw it on TV. Can you imagine now? These guys would be in the locker room. And you guys would be oh, like, we would have saw it. What? <laughs> yeah, we would have yeah, saw, right. saw it immediately. That last glance at your phone, like, oh, that just happened? Oh. <laughs> then you're like, wait, where is she? Like, what's going on out here? But can you imagine? I mean, it's so different. Like, you think about if you'd played now, how different your experience would have been because of social media. I have three pictures from the Super Bowl. That's it, right? Yeah. I can't even like. I mean, the one that you got is really cool. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, at the, if it would have happened now, I would have so much more. You know, there'd be video. There'd be TikTok of it. Everything. One, I was young, and I was just thinking we'll go back. That too, that aspect. You know, year two, you're thinking, oh, we'll go back again. But, yeah, I mean, I'd love to know what that is like. I mean, when you're so young, you rip off a historic run, and you're still a kid. How was that? How was that digestible for you back then? It was tough. <laughs> come on, come on. It's tough. Come on. You think you're on top of the world. Mm-hmm. You know? It's uh everybody watches the Super Bowl. Right. 
No matter what, if some, uh, people always say, oh, you played in the Super Bowl, and I say Janet Jackson, they immediately, oh, I know exactly where I was at, where mm -hmm. I saw that, you know? So it's a, uh, the Super Bowl actually, it, it means something. Like, it was, it was it was pretty exciting just to know that you're in a game that the world stops and everybody's watching it. Were you joking it was tough, or are you, are you kidding, or was it actually tough mentally to play in it? No, it wasn't tough to play in it. Mm -hmm. It's another game. Right. Yeah. Come on, it's not just another game. No, it's another game. Come on. You can't put that type of stuff on the game because then you're going to, you got right. a, a normal game. Football's the same. When I was a little kid playing football to high school to college to NFL, same thing. We just changed the venue. Just the, what's around it changed. Mm -hmm. The field stayed the same. What do you miss the most? Um, being a coach, you get the competitive aspect. So I was missing, when I wasn't coaching, I was missing being something to be competitive with. All right. But I, I can do that now. So. Will you say hi to your mom for me? Yeah, I will. I for sure will. Deshaun Foster here on the Rich Eisen Show. TJ, again, thank you. I was so happy to see you. You know, Deshaun, it's great to have you in studio. Come thank back you. again soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's Deshaun Foster here on the Rich Eisen Show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to break down a couple things out of Memphis. Just a couple breaking stories that we want to discuss. But uh, happy to talk to you and come back anytime. Much more when we come back. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me... I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back. I was just over there yeah. talking to Deshaun Foster, whatever. I mean, I'm like, Mike's like 20 seconds back. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not even sitting yet. Sorry. That was fun. It was I great to paying. talk to him. Thanks yeah, again, TJ. Was, great yeah. hookup for that well, one. Well, you know, that was, that was us, all Scott, but yeah, that was awesome. Uh, back at the Granger desk, I'm at the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com 
or just stop by and clean off your desk because let me tell you something. I have to get organized here. That was really fun, TJ. And we um, also got uh, Deshaun to sign our, our Rose Bowl seats that we have right. over there. How many people have that's, signed I think it? that's now 10. Something yeah, like that, yeah. like becoming yeah, I think from 10. Mark Harmon cool. was first, I think, and then... Uh, I think was Josh Rosen Oh, Josh Rosen was first. Josh Rosen was first years ago. Yeah. And the seat just happens to be seat number three. He wore number three, so he etched in number three. Cause Who gave you the seats, Chris? Rich. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Rich, Rich knows, Rich knows someone at the Rose Bowl. We assumed that you oh. made Rich get yeah, him out of your I house, think. and that's how they got yeah, here, like most of the stuff. Maybe it's from Data and Branzino, who's so fantastic, who runs the Rose Bowl. It could just I be, I mean. But by the way, I mean, because we know a guy who knows a guy. But <laughs> I did make him get out of the house because you know how it is. We have like one small room where Rich is allowed to, and by the word allowed to, he's allowed to <laughs> have his. He's allowed to. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Sorry, that's Rich Eisen. That uh, yeah, there you go, Mike. There's that one is, room he's allowed to keep stuff yes. in there. By the way, when the Roku people send stuff, absolutely put it wherever you want. <laughs> but the junk? But the junk comes in. Go. Goes Gotta to the go. studio. Got in fact, go. he got um, he got uh, a package the other day. <laughs> and what I did was I just put it right on top of his car. He said, do you want to let me open it before you see what's wow. inside? I said, unless it's a top shelf tequila, it's going right to the studio. And in <laughs> fact, he got a great mezcal from somebody. And I said, okay. He said, don't get rid of it. I, I actually accidentally went to re-gift it the other day. He's like, what are you doing? That's going in our new bar. And I said, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm just so used to cleaning out your stuff <laughs> when it comes. I'm sure Sarah does the same thing for you, Chris. No, I mean, come on. Uh, she's, she's got a lot of collectibles, too. <laughs> well, she is Southern, so uh, they, they do like to collect. But uh, anyway, uh, I digress. What were we talking about? Um, I'm trying to see. Rich is sending me a text. So this is what Uh-oh. happens whenever I do the show. Usually he, he's somewhere and he's working, right? You know, obviously Rich took a, took a day off for an all-important colonoscopy, and I'm not afraid to say it on TV because everybody should get checked. He, yes. He's not 25, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, and so he's texting me now. Oh, Rich is listening. The mezcal is from Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul. Oh, no, oh, he's yeah, listening. He can't get rid of that. Should I get nervous that he's listening? Did I up the ante? Is he going to kick me out of the I mean, seat if I say do? something he, wrong? He does get mad. No, nah, like, he, he just said he's coming mean? out of the procedure. So he's oh, just, right. so he's, he's a little loopy. He's a yeah. little, he's a little I told him to have somebody record <laughs> him as he's coming out of uh, you know all the anesthesia. Just to see oh, what by the way, this is what he said to me. He said, you said it wrong. It's Brozino. Um, Branzino is what you ordered at La Scolio. <laughs> by the way, Link, I mean, are you really going to pick me apart on the uh, pronunciation? I mean, I'm the best mom ever. You better... Put some also, respect on your name. Don't you speak Italian? I do. Yes, you do. That's right. By the way. I need someone to speak Troppo Italian bene. when I go. I will speak, I speak to you. Italian. You don't even speak Italian. Your I'm name's Del Tufo. No, I know bad things in Italian. I get slapped. Whoa. But no, don't seriously. say it. Joel McHale no. swore apparently I on the can't. show a couple times. Twice. This is the Roku channel, people. We are. We like to keep it classic. Yes. But other people's... Never mind. <laughs> what, TJ? What do you want to see? I'm just saying. Some other people get away with swearing and they, they have windfalls, you know? I think we should be able to get work blue at least Swear once a day. week. Just once a week. That's all we ask. TJ, we have terrestrial radio. Oh, that's yes. true. That's we do true. have terrestrial radio. We have a lot that's of people true. to take care of. That said... Eyes and after yes. dark. Let's that go. said, I was doing a, a TNT playoff game up in, I think it was Seattle. And I've been watching a lot of Deadwood. Has anybody <laughs> seen Deadwood out there? If you haven't, I'm sure you can find it on the Roku channel because it's Roku and they have everything. Everything. If you haven't seen Deadwood, it was ahead of its time. 
It was one of the greatest shows of all time, and we can actually, that can morph right into your conversation because TJ doesn't want to watch Succession, but that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. I watched Deadwood, though. There was some profanity a involved yeah. in Deadwood. And I'd been watching, I, I'd never, ever binged before Deadwood. Oh, I, I'm lying. I did. I, I binged Lost in Rich's office on his laptop while they were out playing poker. It's before we had kids. Shout out to Damon Lindelof. And so... I watched a lot of Deadwood. Mm -hmm. You know what you don't want to watch when you're doing live television broadcast? <laughs> Deadwood. <laughs> because, you know, they tell you all the time, be really careful because you're, you know, you're open. No matter what, you think you're in a commercial break, you think you're just doing, um, you know, just some pregame rehearsal. And I almost dropped a very unfortunate Ian Swearingen word, which I cannot say on this show. <laughs> In other words, uh, watch your mouth. Yeah. I'm just saying. What, what? TJ won't watch Succession, by the way. Yeah, he's Chris whack. Brock, yeah, Chris Brockman. And he won't watch it. <laughs> he's whack. only got two more. He could get catch oh, up in oh, a week. best show on TV right now. Okay. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, one thing Rich did, uh, Rich did ask a very good question. Okay. Uh, so last night for the NBA draft lottery, Brian Windhorst is in Paris. That's the best gig. With Crown Vic. And he was there for a 70-second interview, which is tremendous oh, content. Uh, I don't know what the ROI is on that. So uh, Rich wanted to know, uh, the word is, yes, Rich is texting me right now. I love this. Um, what's the furthest you ever had to travel for an interview like that? So Wendy goes, I don't know if he was in L.A., L.A. to Paris, very long. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's a good was, overnighter. Or if it was oh, New yeah. York to Paris. But what's the furthest you ever had to travel for an interview like that uh, in your broadcast? For just one stand-up. You're doing for one For one stand-up. So, not one stand-up, but just to go. Period? Oh. Like, ever? I mean, look, I did, I did the Aloha Bowl. So Ooh. I went, I did, I did a little Hawaii. I had to go from the Aloha, I went, wait a minute. I had to go from the Aloha Bowl to New Orleans to do back-to-back -back bowls, one for ABC, one for ESPN. That with a, a direct flight, flight get off good. the flight, sleep, do another game. That's a, yeah. um, that was when I was on loan to ESPN from the Mike Tirico crowd uh, from ABC. So I did that. Uh, I once flew to New York, um, from New York to St. Louis and back in the same day to go ask Mark Oof. McGuire in person if he'd do an interview. But HBO had big pockets. They had deep pockets. They'd send you first class wherever you went. I don't know, we went. to New Orleans 10 hours. I mean, yeah, yeah that was, I had to basically do the game. Oof. Run to get the last flight out of Honolulu, get to but New Orleans, go to meetings, and then do the game the next morning. So there was that. I did good. get to go Boston to Europe um, for real sports. I did. Uh, I went to go interview Juan Antonio Samaron uh, in Switzerland about the Olympic vote scandal, uh, the Utah vote scandal. I don't know if you remember that yeah. one or not, TJ. No, I remember that. And it was great because I was... Um, and then, and then we went to London after that, and uh, I was with the great Frank DeFord, who was the most elegant of sports writers and the most elegant wore an ascot. of reporters. He wore an ascot. <laughs> he was a gentleman. He had a jaunt in his step, and he insisted on being chauffeured around in a silver Aston Martin. Of course he did. In London. <laughs> so I'm just saying... I remember at the time Rich was on SportsCenter and he was like, your travel is so much better than mine. I'm like, yeah, it was great. There's nothing quite as delightful as traveling the world with the great Frank DeFord. That is one of my favorite memories uh, of working at all 
It was definitely not the overnight <laughs> or the direct flight from Honolulu. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, trying to think of how else I think Wendy, like that wind horse interview, I would have done anything for that because think about the payoff. You take a great flight to, to Paris, you sleep, you're doing a 35 second interview. Meanwhile, as I told you before, I was doing a deep dive into Victor's parents. Mm-hmm. Dad is of Congolese descent, a track star. Mom is French. Was a, is is not was is a six foot three basketball player. Grandfather was a basketball player, so he comes from uh, some serious genes. Yeah. But if I'm five eight, and with a heel on, at least five eleven. If I'm if I it's a, my Shaq shoes. I was six foot. I had some serious platforms for the NBA. <laughs> but imagine that she's six three. Because if you look at the pictures of Victor with his parents, they look tiny. And they, and they are decidedly not. Yeah. Dad's six six. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. One thing I thought was funny last night is he was taking pictures and he was using like one of the old Kodak like snapping. Yeah, what was the, like, that? The old school camera. Like it wasn't an iPhone camera or anything. It was like the old joints we used to have that you have to send the film away to get developed. And I was like, well, he'll at least be able to upgrade that. Did you guys read it all about his day yesterday, Victor Wembanyama's day? Played in a game, right? Yeah. So. That's a name, by the way. That's Victor Wembanyama. This is Wembanyama. You have to like make sure they do all Wem- syllables. That's like Ben Roethlisberger. That's one of those names you have to say. Take a deep breath before you say it. Which gave us a pronunciation guide on it yesterday. Wembanyama. Yeah. Wembanyama. And it was two thirty in the morning there when this when Wemby did his interview with him. So it was. He played a game with Les Metropolitains, right? Fancy, huh? Crosstown yeah. Rivals. Yeah. Crosstown Rivals. Yep. Take a sip with my pinky out after that. Yeah. By the way, you really should. Yeah. Uh, you should yeah. always sip with your pinky, <laughs> TJ. He played a, a game, went across town, partied with Mbappe. Mbappe yeah. was Mbappe. everywhere. By the way, like the coolest athlete there is right now. Great name. Okay. Great name. Great athlete. Yes. And then goes to a party where they now have to basically like... Chill out until 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would be out cold by 11. Somebody like, wake me up around 2. Yeah, wake me up before you go-go, <laughs> TJ. Oh. So, but can you imagine that's an old, that's... You me hanging on like a yo-yo. I got you. We got you, seriously. TJ, I, I, I'm a woman of a certain age. Mm-hmm. I had to go George Michael on that. Thank <laughs> you, good. Del Tufo. But it's yeah, I mean, can you imagine having to stay up all night for that? Yeah, I'm sure the excitement wouldn't have allowed yeah, you to sleep been, anyway, though. Sleep. And yeah. the reaction yeah. from San Antonio, I mean, everybody in that bar, because there's a long history of French players, obviously, in San yeah. Antonio. Yeah. And a large history of number one generational big men, number one draft pick generational big men going to the Spurs, too. Yeah. So, And now that they're my new favorite team, this is going to be fun. EJ's on. EJ, I'm happy for you. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm curious to talk to Shaq. New team. Uh, the sweat will start now. We're within... 19 minutes of Shaq coming on, so now I have to sit here and sweat and make sure that he comes on. But I'm curious to hear what he has to say about him. Ooh, we used to spend a lot of time back when the Lakers and the Spurs were playing mm-hmm. down there in San Antonio. Great guacamole. That's saying. Great really good. Tex-Mex. Ooh, really baby. good Tex-Mex. Love it. The Riverway. The Riverwalk, river right? Walk. The Riverwalk, yeah, right? Walk. Yep. You used to always, like, you know, know where the guys were going. Got to keep an eye on everybody. Keep it all together. <laughs> but I'm curious to hear what he'll say about a player of this potential, as ESPN says. Jeez, Woj said he's going to be the best the player in the league draft, in three years. Yeah, the, how about him saying potentially the greatest draft of any athlete of all time? Woj was like, yeah, he's going to be the 
some scout or executive said he's going to be the best player on both ends of the floor. So not only is he going to be, he's going to be Kevin Durant on offense, TJ, <laughs> and he's going to be Giannis on defense in three years. But no yeah. pressure. No, yeah, pressure. No, no, no pressure. No pressure, kid. And but also, no like, I, I realize that he is the crown Vic. Like I said, he is the jewel of the draft. But, man, Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, I think those two are going to be really good professional yeah. players. And yeah. I don't think I heard either of their names mentioned yesterday, which is crazy. So All about Wemby. Yeah, it was all about one dude, man. We are going to take a quick, a quick break. When we come back, this is my favorite part. We got a lot of callers. Phone calls. Oh, yeah, you I love, love callers. Oh. And let me say this out to you, all of you listening. Would any of you have a maple glazed bacon donut? Because I got one to see if anybody would have well, I'm one. I'm going to eat it. I want to no, hear out no, there, no, people. No would you eat a maple glazed bacon donut, or is that disgusting? A terzo. No, Discuss. Lots more when we come back <laughs> right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Jimmy from San Antonio. What do you got for me, Jimmy? Jimmy! Jimmy! Bonjour, madame. Bonjour, TJ? Hey, bonjour. Bonjour, Jimmy. Jimmy, what do you got for us? Okay, it was nuts here. Okay, I don't know if you know the stories. Oh, Bex, my six-month-old dog is jumping on me. Stop it. <laughs> Susie Be loves nice that. To your don't dog. Worry. Be nice to your dog. Well, she's named Bex after David Beckham and oh. Becky Hammond, so half of her is in trouble right now. <laughs> wow. Well, Topical. And we don't want to know which half. The aces. So in San Antonio, when the Spurs win championships like we have, uh, we like to go honking. The people just drive around downtown and honk their horns. And last night it sounded like we won another one. And another I know one. y'all have seen the video of that bar going nuts when we got the – Pick, right? Yeah, it's on our Instagram page. Well, that's the Rue Pub, and I don't know if Patty Mills still is owners, but he started it. And they offered a deal that if you have an open tab and the Spurs get the number one pick, that's get down. Uh, <laughs> your tab is free. So Whoa. that was half the reason everybody celebrated last night was we got the number one pick, and then their tab was free at the Rue Pub. <laughs> Jimmy, were they happier about the tab or or, or Victor? Well, I know my people. It was 50-50. We saved a lot of money, <laughs> and we were happy that, well, now there's a lot of Mexicans learning French right now. It's, it's really weird. But it's the town went nuts, and economically, the Spurs needed. If we're going to do this super region with the Austin area, San Antonio, and Mexico City, then they needed that. And 
the San Antonio Spurs are probably going to stay in this area. They're not going to move anywhere. That, that's what I'm seeing. What do you all think? I mean, I, I can't imagine them being elsewhere. I just can't. They've been, you guys have been such an institution for so long and such a pillar with such great athletes. You can't tell the story of the ABA and the NBA without San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And now Victor's going to have Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Greg Popovich coaching him for the next six and a half plus years easy. This kid could be amazing with the influence of the Hall of Famers. It's not You're not wrong. And by the way, Pop, as we know, Greg Popovich, 74, and one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NBA. And also love everything he has to say about social issues. I'm a huge fan, a, a huge admirer of him as well. Uh, well you, I, know what, you, know, you know what Pop's going to do. He's going to be asking him about wine in France. And that's mm-hmm. all Pop's going to talk to him about <laughs> after practice. <laughs> and by the way, that's my kind of practice. Jimmy, thanks again for calling in. Appreciate Jimmy, your time. Bye, Jimmy. Congrats, Take man. Care, Can we get in uh, Spencer before the break? Spencer from Florida. How are you Do doing, it. Spencer? Hey, everyone. How's it going? Happy Wednesday. To you as well. What's up? Uh, first of all, Susie, I want to apologize. It must be miserable living with Rich, knowing that all he's going to talk about for the next five months is Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So. <laughs> I mean, it's so tiring. I can't even tell you, Spencer. It's just exhausting. And, you know, we'll see who's talking in February. Just saying. <laughs> um, two things that I want to address. First of all, I would absolutely eat a maple glazed bacon donut. You in would. Fact, you oh, would. Whoop, whoop. Interesting, because in nobody fact, here has the, uh, you know, what's to pick it up and try it. Where I live, there's a place called Jupiter Donuts, and they are out of this world good, and they have one of those, and it is life-changing. Anytime you are in South Florida, highly recommend you stop by and get one. Okay, okay. We'll try it. What's on your mind? And I actually have a very hot take about Doc Rivers, and I kind of wanted to get TJ's opinion on it because he's seen him more as both a fan of the Sixers and the Clippers. I really think that after what's happened, this might be his last hurrah as a coach. If you look at his record since winning an NBA championship with Boston, he's only made it to the finals one other time, and he's only made it to the conference finals one other time, both of which he lost. Every other time, he's either made it to the semis and lost or the first round and lost. His playoff record since then is below 500, and... I love him as a person. He's the nicest guy. I've had the pleasure of meeting him multiple times, but I really just, I don't see any team hiring him after what he did with Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin in their primes, Joel Embiid, Maxi, and even James Harden. I just, I just can't see him getting another head coaching job, maybe a front office job, but not a head coaching job. And I kind of wanted to know what TJ thought of that since he's, you know, basically watched him coach his teams for the past 11 seasons. You know, obviously I was upset with the way the season ended for the Sixers and how every season was ending with the Clippers. But to try to put a positive spin on this, as Michael Wilbon, I heard say yesterday, they say Doc has the most Game 7 losses in the history of the NBA. Well, that also means that he's doing the job Mm -hmm. of getting his teams to those Game 7s, which, you know, was something I didn't really think about. and, And that is very true. Um, and also, a lot of these things, you know, to be honest, were not Doc's faults. Chris Paul's ligament issues, the the broken fingers, the pulled hamstrings. These are things that the coach can't control. Um, so, you know, do I feel as though he'll get another shot? I don't know. He's 62. 
I'm not sure. Maybe a front office move might be better for him. I, I, I don't really know. I don't wish any ill will towards Doc, of course. You know, as a fan, it's just you get frustrated and you get angry and you have to point the finger at somebody. And so, of course, that's going to be the coach. But I, I, I really i am not sure. But there is something to be said about getting to all of these Game 7s that you've done enough work as a coach to get your team there. And obviously, coaching these these players with so many different individual philosophies and the way they all look at the game, it, it's, it can't be easy, Susie. So, you know, I, I, I know I was angry yesterday, but I don't want to put it all on Doc, but we know that when the hammer's got to fall, you know where it's going to fall and it's going to be the coach. Yeah, Spencer, so. thanks again for your call. And thanks, I'm just going to chime in on this one really quickly. You, you play the cards that you're dealt. He had Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. so he had that to deal with. He had the ligament. He had James Harden walking up the court the other day. And at, at the end of the day, how many – you can only handle what you can coach. You can only handle what you can coach. There's a reason why Embiid's playing so well, and I think a lot of it is Doc. I mean, he's got – what does he have, like 16 straight winning seasons? Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. never, ever, ever gamble against Doc Rivers.